This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! A magazine shoot? New Viltrox Pro Lens, Tamron CEO resigns, and more. Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 367. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about the fact that I was recently hired to shoot for a trade magazine, which was surprising but fun and pretty good money for a two-hour shoot. Now, I honestly didn't think that many magazines were still doing actual print or hiring freelance shooters to cover their issues, but I was contacted by Cole Publishing and asked to shoot for their Pumper magazine. Now, Pumper is a trade magazine for septic companies, and they needed me to shoot a local husband and wife company in my area for an upcoming issue. The couple I worked with were really nice folks and fun people to spend time with. And they only live about three miles up the road from where we live here in Roxborough. Now, for the shoot, we traveled up to Halifax, Virginia, so that we could do the shoot at a job site, as that is what the publisher needed. So we spent a couple hours on site, and I shot both stills and video as they did their work. And it was certainly a fun and enjoyable experience. And now I'll be published once again, which is always exciting. Now, in addition to this shoot, I also released a new video on the new Icebox action camera to my YouTube channel, which you can check out at the link in today's show notes. Find out if the Icebox is the new GoPro slash Osmo action killer that retails for only $141 US. Now, I've also been spending time shooting with the new Fujifilm XS20 camera, as well as the new XF 8mm f3.5 lens, and I've been having a lot of fun with both of them. The super wide field of view with the XF 8mm makes for some great landscapes, and I've also been enjoying putting the XS20 through her paces. And I must say that the XS20 is an excellent camera to shoot with, and the built-in vlog mode is super handy when you're a one-man YouTube channel like myself. Now, another bit of exciting news to note of this week, Viltrox has officially released their next 1.2 Pro lens for the Fujifilm X-mount. And it's the new AF 27mm f1.2, which is another exciting lens to have for us Fujifilm shooters. Now, I currently have two 27mm lenses. I have the Fujifilm Pancake lens, that's a 27mm f2.8. And then I also have the 27mm f2.8 from TT Artisans. But I'm certainly going to pick up the new Viltrox to add to my growing Viltrox lens collection. And this will, of course, give me my second Viltrox F1.2 Pro lens. 
Let's go ahead and look at the specs for this new exciting lens for the Fujifilm X mount. Now keep in mind it's available for Fujifilm X right now, but it will also be available for other mounts in the near future as well, just as the 75mm is now available for Fuji, Nikon, Sony, and I don't believe it's available for Canon because Canon's not allowing third-party makers to make autofocus lenses for the RF mount. So this new lens is a 27 millimeter focal length, which is 40 millimeters in full frame field of view. The viewing angle is 55.3 degrees. It has an aperture range of f1.2 to f16. It has 11 aperture blades for excellent bokeh. The maximum magnification is 0.15 times. And the lens is 82 by 92 millimeters in size and weighs in at 560 grams. Now the front filter size is 67 millimeters. The lens has 15 elements in 11 groups, including two ED, five high refractive index lenses, and one a spherical lens. Now it uses the Japanese Hoya material for its spherical lens. The close focusing distance is 0.28 meters, and the lens has an STM motor designed for high speed and precise internal autofocus. The lens is dustproof and splashproof in design to better handle the elements, and it has multi-layer rubber seals inside. Now, this lens is not only designed for the Fujifilm X mount, but it's also designed to be able to give superb performance even on the new high-resolution X-H2 and X-T5 with their impressive 40 megapixel sensors. So it's a great lens for any Fujifilm body on the market. It is designed to be sharp from the center to the edges, even at the maximum aperture of f1.2, which is extremely impressive. And I can't wait to get mine and do a proper unbox and review of this new lens. Now, the lens retails for $4 less than the 75mm at $545 US. With this new second lens in the new Viltrox Pro line, they are putting all the other third-party lens makers on notice that they intend to be the new king of Fujifilm X-Mount Pro Glass. Now, I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191, and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so I did reach out to Viltrox to see if they could send me a loaner copy of the lens to do a review, a review on for my YouTube channel and this podcast, but I've not heard back from them as of yet. Now, I'll probably have to wait until I can buy one for myself in the next couple of weeks. 
but we'll see if they get back to me. Now, I hope all of my listeners are subscribed to Chris and Jordan over at their new home on Petapixel's YouTube channel, as the guys have been cranking out some awesome content, as they always have, and I'm really excited for them at their new channel. I also wanted to let you all know that I am working on getting Ellie back on the show since it's been quite a while since she has been on, and I know she's been doing some really exciting stuff. Between her acting career and her Ellie Knows Rocks YouTube channel, which recently had one of her videos go viral and rack up tens of thousands of views. Now, she has had some other exciting stuff happen in her life recently, but I'll save that for her to share with you when she comes back on the show, which will hopefully be soon. Now, Tina and I will be making another trip to the Northeast soon for a couple of weeks to spend time with our kids and grandkids as well as getting to spend some time with both our moms. Now, both of our mothers are widows, so it's rough on them. And Tina's mom is in a rest home in Elmira, New York, which is sad. And I know she misses her mom a lot, especially with us living eight hours away. But Tina recently spoke with her sister Mel, and it sounds like her and her husband Mike might be getting tired of traveling all the time. When they retired a couple of years ago, they sold their house and bought a camper and started spending their summers in New York State and their winters in the South in either Georgia or Florida. And they're considering moving to this area, which would be nice if they do, as then Tina will have one of her older sisters in the area to spend time with. And since Mike loves to fish and boat, they'll be close to the massive Mayo Lake, which is only a couple of miles from our house. Now, this weekend, I'm going to tackle, I'm going to try tackling the install of a weatherproof high output Bluetooth speaker slash FM radio on the handlebars of my 2004 Kawasaki Vulcan 800 Classic. And I'm doing this so I don't need to keep buying helmets with built in Bluetooth speakers or have to wear my AirPod Pros when riding, which is a pain when putting my helmet on and off. I found a nice speaker unit on Vine a few months back and was originally going to take my bike to the local dealership to have it installed. But after watching a YouTube video yesterday on how to get to the bike's battery, I think I'm going to try doing the work myself and save some money. Now, I'm hoping that things go smoothly, but if I run into any issues, I'm hoping I can get my neighbor Matt to help me out since he works on his own bike quite regularly. But we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully things will go smoothly. Now, while we're up north, I am planning to enlist the aid of my son, Alex, to get the last two set of LED lights installed on my new Corolla. So that is exciting as well. I'm going to be putting in the uh, LED driving slash fog lights on the front lower uh, corners of the car. And then I'm also planning to install red LEDs to replace the factory reflectors on the back bottom corners of the car. Now, my son Alex has a friend, Derek, that has a nice garage he inherited from his late father that we can use to, to do the work, which is a million times better than lying in my gravel driveway here at home, especially with having a bad back. Now, Alex has been fairly busy since we were up over the 4th of July, as he just bought his first rental property, and he's been sprucing it up for his first tenants, 
and he's really excited about it. Now, he's hoping to buy several more properties and get to the point where he can quit his job and be his own boss, which I don't blame him. I ran my own computer business for 15 years, and I definitely preferred being my own boss. It's a lot more enjoyable. Okay, so let's take a look at a couple of news stories for this week, and then we'll wrap up today's episode. Cameron CEO resigns amid investigation into his use of company funds for personal gain. Tamron has announced that its president and CEO, Shira Ajaka, has resigned. Mr. Ajaka is currently under investigation for allegedly using company funds for personal gain. In a machine-translated Japanese news release first reported by Absinet, Tamron explains that on July 9th, 2023, Mr. Ajaka took a third-party woman on a business trip and claimed personal expenses as company expenses. A whistleblower initially revealed this violation through Tamron's external whistleblower system. During an audit of the allegations performed by directors and investigators, both internal and external to Tamron, it was discovered that he had been eating and drinking with this third-party woman several times per month for at least the past five years at Tamron's expense. As a result of the investigation, he has resigned as Tamron's president and CEO. Ojaka originally joined Tamron in 2008 and prior to his role as president and CEO, acted as Tamron's senior executive officer and corporate vice president. Taking his place is Shogo Sakuroba, uh, Sakuraba, who was previously executive vice president of Tamron. Tamron's corporate website has been updated to reflect this change. Now, alongside new corporate arrangement, its new corporate arrangement, Tamron has announced that despite his resignation, the company will conduct a thorough fact-finding mission concerning its former CEO's misconduct. Tamron says that it will fully cooperate with the investigation and ensures that if any matters of relevance are uncovered during the investigation, they will be disclosed to the public. Tamron's new CEO, Shogo Sakaroba, joined Tamron in 1981. He was promoted to an executive position, general manager of optical development in 2005. After additional promotions in 2008 and 2014, he was named executive vice president in 2016. It is unclear if there will be additional fallout and corporate shakeup at Tamron due to these actions. The investigation may uncover further misconduct on the part of whoever was responsible for handling reported expenses. At least one publication claims that another executive had been fired, fired due to their involvement with Mr. Ajaka's conduct, but that reported individual remains listed on Tamron's list of executives. This is a significant blow to Tamron's corporate image, although the news has no appreciable impact on Tamron's stock value in Japan, which has significantly increased in the past year. And for my two cents on this story, I'm a little bit surprised, but not all that shocked. I mean, trust me, this would not be the first CEO of a company that I've personally or, or the, that I've been aware of that is done corrupt things or has done things to run the company they lead into the ground. That is what happened with one of my recent employers. The CEO was not doing his job and basically ran the company into bankruptcy. 
which was definitely a sad, sad situation. So we'll have to wait and see how this story shakes out. He may end up getting prosecuted after all, because he did commit a serious crime there. People are using Photoshop's generative fill to restore old photos. Adobe Photoshop's AI tool, Generative Fill, has been out for a couple of months now, and people are still finding new uses for it, such as restoring old photos. A few years ago, in the pre-AI era, restoring an old photo could be a painstaking process involving repeated uses of the clone and stamp tool, spot removal tool, and the use of textures. As generative AI technology has gathered pace, tools promising to fix old photos instantly and Photoshop's neural filters have made photo restoration much easier. While generative fill wasn't specifically designed to fix old photos, clever creatives have shown that the tool can be used for that exact task. Howard Pinsky is a design evangelist at Adobe, and he posted an uh, example below, and you can find this in today's show notes. First, Pinsky grabbed the lasso tool to select all the areas of the photo that are damaged. As is now standard in Photoshop, the generative fill bar appears at the bottom of the image. Once the button is clicked without a prompt, the damaged photo is fixed in a matter of seconds. Pinsky explains that he leaves the prompt box blank because it triggers remove on the selected areas. In another example, Photo Focus shows how generative fill can be used to fix poorly composed photos by using it to outpaint. In the example photo, a woman's head has been cropped through, but generative fill deftly generates a few plausible hairstyles for the woman, making it look seamless. Once that more tricky part is done, then it can easily generate more sky to give the photo a better overall crop. Try it out. Petapixel ran an old photo taken in the 1990s that had severe damage to it, possibly the result of a print being ripped out of a photo album. The photo features an intricate open-wheel race car in the background where some of the photo is damaged. This makes it tough for the AI, and while it didn't regenerate the photo perfectly, it did certainly improve on the original, and it was extremely easy to do. And I think this is a great thing. I mean, I know some people are seriously opposed to AI, but it's the genie's already out of the bottle. You can't put it back. You're just going to have to learn to live with it. And in cases like this, the generative fill can be extremely handy, especially if you want to restore old photographs of family members that are no longer with you. I think that's one of the best things in the world to use this new tool for. Now, I don't currently use Adobe Photoshop or Lightroom. I switched away from them to Capture One a few years back because I shoot Fujifilm now. Well, actually, I switched to Capture One before I switched to Fujifilm. But uh, one of the reasons why I do use Capture One is because it just does a better job of processing Fuji RAW files than Adobe software does. So... That's just my two cents worth. All right, that is going to wrap up today's short episode. 
Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 367 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, and turn on all notifications. I will be announcing the start of my next contest, either in September or October, so you're definitely not going to want to miss the announcement and the information on how you can get your entry in for your chance to win whatever the prize is going to be. I haven't quite decided yet what it's going to be, but we'll see. Um, how that goes. All right. I will see you all again next Thursday.